I left the house this morning and I wore a coat, so. Oof. <laughs> Bad news because of my uh, foot is I really have to leave my doors and windows on because I can't. Oh, your Jeep. Because you can't yeah. take them off? <laughs> I can take them off. But when I take them off, I got to hop around on one foot to get them loaded and moved, and it's just not easy. So it's a uh, kind of dumb. It's a process. It, it is. It's. I hate it. I say, man, I'm, I complain a lot about it, but there's so many people. That have it worse off than a a roller yeah. cart around for four like weeks. I drive a Ford Edge and I can't take the doors and windows off at all. So you should just be happy you have that. On. Oh, you're talking about because your broken foot. Yes. Yeah. I thought you're saying like a lot of people have it worse off because we can't. We don't have that option. Well, I do know that so many people have it worse off than us Jeepers. My mirrored camera over here has me really kind of backed up. Yeah, but so on the on my stream, it, it's right. I know. I was trying to move my hands, my fingers. Like when I, I think I'm moving my left one, and it's actually the right one. So trying to corner it over I, here. I know. It was, it was a joke. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, Awkward. I hope. Uh, I hope this is not a uh, premonition of things to come, Aaron. Alright, okay, Boomer. Boomer? Uh, not a Boomer. Not even close to being a Boomer. Sounds like what a Boomer would say. My dad's generation is the Boomer generation. Uh, Mercy. So funny. Here we go. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare we just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard Well, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards. Um, here on Behind the Beards, we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and reveal the things you need to know about the people who are called to lead your churches and your ministries. I'm Joshua Fowler, a preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and my... Always beautifully bearded brother on the other side of the screen, Aaron Partlow, That's youth me. minister in Longview, Texas. Aaron, you will be happy to know that I get to, my, my beard can come back. My football season is over. And um, as much as that pains me to say, it does mean that I can grow my beard out again, which I miss it, man. I saw some pictures yeah. uh, from a few months back. And I was like, oh, man, I feel so much more complete uh, with a little bit of facial hair. I well, always just feel weird. Canadian viewers were to ask, you know, how about that? How about that? <laughs> Get it? Because you're in a walking boot. I'm in a walking boot. Yes. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I left the podcast last week, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, went called a football game and... Um, ended up breaking my foot in that football game. It was a seven and eight year old flag football game, and I ended up breaking Tense. my foot in that. 
And, Did you just uh, hit a pothole or? Well, I'll, I'll share it later because it actually goes pretty well with what we're talking about today. So um, oh. I actually was running backwards and I made a turn and my foot caught and I rolled it and all my weight came down on top of my rolled ankle. Mm. And I broke my fifth metatarsal. It's an unstable break and I'm in a walking boot and on a roller cart for four weeks. Oof. Oof is right. Rough. Not chill um, labs on the opening of Behind the Beards. Um, oh, it's pretty chill. Really, it could be worse. I told somebody the other day, I was like, you know, sometimes God says slow down, and if you don't listen to him, he, like, breaks a bone and forces you to slow down. <laughs> Oof, crazy. I'm sure there's some bad theology in there. We so. could uh, <laughs> unpack that theology next week on Behind the Beards. By the way, we are sponsored now by Mountain Dew and McCafe. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. That's great. Um, uh, and Jeep. Cafe. And Jeep. And Behind the Beards. I decided to wear my Behind the Beards gear. I've realized I hadn't worn any of our uh, merch in a while. Was... You'll never yeah, know uh, what hat I'm wearing because that's true. I refuse to wear hats forward, which is a f character flaw I have found out. Well, see, when you don't have hair and you wear your hat backwards, you get this you get giant lines. bald spot in front that just doesn't look right, so... I just get this when I when my hair gets too wavy up here. That's when I know that I need to get a haircut. <laughs> when, you, okay. when you get a tan line on your forehead. <laughs> that's right. So uh, today on behind the beards, Josh is gonna tell us what we're talking about today. This is uh, something um, that he's gonna do right now. Oh, all right. Well, I know. I um, feel like I was gonna say something there, but it. But then it didn't come out, huh? But just well, didn't. you know, the question is. Uh, the question we're going to answer today, I think, is does what you do uh, really matter? Uh, you know, that's one of the things that we hear a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We've heard it a lot from the time we were kids that, mm -hmm. you know, your action matters. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking at SoulQuest a couple of years back. Um, I remember kind of being on a Thursday and one of the speakers was talking and he had all the youth workers and chaperones stand up and he said, Hey, I want you to know something may not feel like it, but what you do oh, yeah. I really matters. And then everybody kind of dispersed and we were sitting there and I think we were both like, I didn't really realize how much I needed to hear that. Yeah. Um, it's true. Uh, just that bit of encouragement that says what you do matters. It makes a difference, even though you can't see it. Um, and that's and a really, I think for me it was the genuality of it. That's not a word, but it's how genuine how genuine yeah. it was. You know, right. it is more than just saying like, "Hey, I appreciate you. You're doing a good job." You know, and then next week, all of a sudden, it's well, you suck. You did this. <laughs> you know, but it was like you know, it was not like a just a, a fleeting. Hey, what you do matters. It was it was like a really sincere like he stopped. And he made eye contact, and I mean, I guess it felt like he made eye contact with almost every with youth leader in, in the room. Yeah, and it was it was just like, yeah, it was good. So, crazy story. Uh, we were just um, I just had staff meeting, and our senior minister uh, was telling this great story about this preacher's initiative that he went to this weekend. And he said he got, they was in this room and he went to this class and there was, there was, I might tell the story wrong, so it's fine. Uh, cause it's not that important. 
But anyway, um, well, it's not important to the the point of the story. But he said he got in this room, and it, there was this guy who had been preaching for like 60-plus years. And he just recently retired, right before all this COVID stuff happened, right? Literally retired um, uh, out of a full-time ministry right before COVID all started. And he just, he said he got in the room, and the first thing he said was he looked at him all, and he says, I really hope that you all weather the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't know, like, <laughs> like there is a, there is a mass preacher shortage. Like mm-hmm. there are churches who are looking for preachers and there's just, there's no one graduating. There's nobody. There's a lot of people who just like pulled the, pulled the card and said, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm gone. Uh, and they just quit and that trickles down. Uh, and so you have the same effect into youth ministry. You have the major effect into children's ministry, which it's already extremely difficult in our fellowship to find a children's minister uh, in general. And so it's it's ridiculous. And so it's it's really hard. But he said, he said the guy just said, you know, this this is uh, there has never been a time in our history, in our history, in our movement where it has been probably more difficult for. Uh, ministers, minister leaders, uh, and I said, and he said, I just, I really hope. He said, and then he said, this was really funny. He said, I really hope you weather the storm, um, and just know that the young guys uh, of the future won't will be so excited when you're dead, uh, because <laughs> all you will do was tell stories about how they need to toughen up because they didn't live through these years. Yeah, you know, because you're gonna, Marketing we're gonna be those. Yeah, we're gonna be those guys. But it's that idea of uh, of just weathering that storm, you know, and uh, and I think that kind of plays into this. I, I, I'm sorry for that tangent, but but yeah, that's okay. No, I think it's a good one. Um, I I think it starts with, uh, you know, we're in this place as as ministers as teachers, where you're always in a position where you are trying to inspire, teach, and train people to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the question, does what you do really matter, kind of has two tones to it. Like, number one, does it have value? But also, number two, does your does your activity and your action... <laughs> oh, Sam, I love your son. I really do. He's a great kid. Um, but does your actual action have an effect on the people that are around you and and the things that go on around you. So, yeah. Do I have the ability to preach and teach on something and then actually implement that in my own life? Cuz sometimes uh, while I may acknowledge that I I preach to the mirror and hope that it speaks to other people. Yeah. Um putting that into um into action is often really hard and so I can talk about people living with peace and living with intentionality and and purpose and being driven in that way. Um, and if I'm going to preach and teach that to our people, I've got to be able to to put that into as an example, right? Yeah. And say, I, I can't be content to just say, hey, you know what? Just do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, but to say, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to do it perfectly. But here's an example of one of the ways it looks like to put these truths um, into practice. And I think it's a really important aspect of. So so in some way, are we talking a little bit about like preacher's integrity? 
Um, or so I'm, or where where are no, we headed I, with this? Because I, I I translate that as as a form of integrity, but we might be headed in a different direction. Well, so I would call it like Christian integrity more than anything. But really, it's just a matter of for me, it's not integrity because I'm not choosing a different path. It's just a matter of I'm encouraging you to live this way, and then sometimes. Um, I ask myself the question, does it really matter what I do? Because I live a certain way and I look out and, and I see that it doesn't seem to be having any effect. Mm. Um, so so kind of why, why am I doing this? It's almost, it's almost like this conversation of, you know, I live this way, but I don't see it affecting others. So it doesn't matter. And so we ask the question, you know, are we only living that way so that we can affect others? Or is there a higher meaning to why we act that way. Right. right. And I guess I would say, I guess I would, I would go yes, because like, I'm going to guess like, you know, I mean, we could be cheesy and be like, well, I'm pretty sure Noah probably thought the same thing, <laughs> you know, uh, or, right. or we have, we have plenty of those like kind of examples uh, like that, but it's kind of like that. It's that catch 22 of, you know, Hey, do you do it? Do you do it for God or you do it, because God wants you to do it, and so you do it. You know, you can get like caught in this endless loop. Am I doing it because I want to do it because it's right in the eyes of God, or am I doing it because God wants me to do it and I want to make God happy? You know, kind of. And I know it sounds like I'm saying the same thing, but it's it's not. It's like trying to chase your true motives. You know, yeah, kind it's all of a thing. And, and it could be, and it could be extremely like difficult to really hammer that down and. Uh, and things like that. And so, I mean, I would say yes. Like, y yes. I mean, it, yeah. it does matter. Like, I choose to live this way because it's the way that God calls me, or the way that God tells me that I'm supposed to live. I hope that it influences and affects others. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's me. Well, I thought we were headed down a path a little bit differently, so that was kind of funny. We can head down whatever path you want to head down, because this is just something path. that kind of came into my <clears throat> mind this morning. But mm -hmm. uh, some of it is motivation about, when you talk about motivation, is it the the results that I can see in other people mm -hmm. that motivates me to live differently? Mm -hmm. Or is it understanding the, the grace and mercy of God that exists in my life that motivates me? Um, and so I think sometimes we can get into this path of, of determining the value of our action based on other people's response. And when that occurs, then it's kind of hard for me to see whether or not that my action is effective. Mm. Um, because, you, you know, we see that ripple effect, mm -hmm. right, is one of the things that we, we talk about regularly. And when you throw a, throw a rock into a pond, a steel pond, and you look how far how far out there is an effect. And sometimes we're not able to see uh, beyond the first couple of waves of our influence. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the things that can make it really difficult as, not just as preachers and teachers, but as humans, um, that if I can't see an immediate response, um, how do I continue to do the difficult things in life uh, when I don't really see the effect that it has on other people. 
So then here's here's like the big question, right? It doesn't matter. We can't answer that question right away. We still got like 30 minutes to go. Well, we got, we got to work saying, our way there. But yes, that is the question. That's the question. Does it matter? I mean, like, so we talk about this, like, yeah, and it's difficult not to see the ripple effects. It's difficult not to see, like, if it's actually doing anything. But again, that comes back to, you know, the motives. You know, am I doing this because I want to see that I'm making a change? Or is it all about, you know, hey, I'm planting the seed and I'm hoping that God's going to allow growth uh, do this kind of thing. I think like a lot of ministers can see this uh, in their work as well. Like you work at a church for so many years um, and you know, you don't see any growth. I also think this goes into a sidebar about like, what is your minister supposed to be and do? Um, you know, because I've, I've had to contemplate this a lot and I'm still like really up in the air and I'm having, I like have discussions about this all the time with people. And it's not because I'm trying to fight anything or, or anything. Um, it's it's really just like a discussion. Like, if you hire a youth minister, what are you hiring? Are you hiring an evangelist? Somebody who's going to go to the school, somebody who's going to reach out to youth, somebody who's going to do all that? Or are you hiring somebody who's going to minister to the family and to, to the families and the teens who are showing up, uh, who are there, who are a part of the system? You know, um, because I think if you're hiring an evangelist, I think it's great to support evangelists. I do. I'm, I'm not I'm anti-supporting evangelists. But are we trying to then, you know, hire out our responsibilities? Mm -hmm. You know, I love watching like Dirty Jobs and I love watching uh, cooking shows and stuff like this. And, and people talk about all the time about how there's so many jobs that are available that people just don't want to do because they're dirty or they're gross or they, they take hard work. Like they pay well. You can live off the money great and support your family. Just means you have to actually like get up and work really hard for it, right. you know. Um, and so I often wonder, like in our faith, like you know, hey, do we we expect like, hey, you know, this preacher is not effective because there's not random people off of the street coming in and wanting to learn from his feet, you know, or learn at his feet, not from his feet. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, is that how we judge effectiveness? Well, you know, in the past, Aaron would be sitting here going, yeah, this guy sucks. Like, nobody wants to come hear him. This is crazy. But I think that's wrong now. Like, I, I sit here and I go, no. I mean, maybe he needs to have a conversation with the church and about your congregation about, oh, by the way, it is your responsibility to be evangelizing, to be having Bible studies. It's not my job only to have Bible studies and disciple others. Uh, it's your job to do that. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot in my youth ministry. Like, am I training teenagers to evangelize and, and then disciple their friends, you know, as they are following after Jesus, you know, and, and so is our church bodies doing that. And so like, and so I guess coming back to what we're talking about, like that plays into that mindset of do what I do, you know, really matters, uh, and how we do it and, uh, and all that, all that jazz. No, I, I think it's, I think it's really important. And I think it's important for us to understand that even when you can't see, um, that influence, yeah. uh, to really understand that 
what you do does really matter. Number one, because it's important for you to have integrity. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where we started because it is, you know, it is at some point a conversation about integrity, about motivation. Um, so even if what you do only matters to God, is that enough to motivate you to live the right way? Sure. Um, the obvious answer is yes, it should. It but should. the question is, is does it? <laughs> and so like, that's always the question. Like that's like the that's like the straight up Sunday preacher question. Is like the answer is always yes. We should be doing this. And let's talk about how and why. <laughs> but that's not the hypothetical. It's are you doing it? It's not the you know are you the best yeah. Christian at doing this? It's no like legitimately are you doing this? When did you do this last? You know, getting down to yeah, the nuts it, and bolts. And what makes it so difficult is not being able to see the influence that we have. Yeah. Um, I told you I would share the story about my foot, right? I yeah. broke my foot refereeing football mm. because two grown men couldn't get along on a nine-year-old baseball field. Nice. All right? So that's baseball? that's why. Yeah, that's where it all started. They have fall baseball and fall flag football going on at the same complex. Uh-huh. And in the baseball complex, there were two coaches that were about to get into a fight over a nine-year-old coach's pitch baseball baseball game. And so because they're about to get in a fight, the commissioner of our league, who was on another field, had to leave. And he took my second official and put him on another field with another kid. And so I'm calling a game on my own, having to cover both sidelines of this football game. Ooh, that's a lot of running. It, well, it is, and it's a lot of running. It's a lot of running backwards because you have to stay on the goal line. you got to cover both sidelines. And so I was backpedaling and turning with the running back when I tripped and fell and broke my ankle Oof. or broke my foot. So because two grown men can't get along over a nine-year-old baseball team, um, I broke my foot. I'm on this cart for four weeks. <clears throat> I missed out on three weeks of playoff football. I'm traveling all over the state with the guys I've been working with all the year. Um, I missed out on all the activities that we're about to take on our Christmas trip. Cause I'll still be in a boot when we go take that trip and wherever we're going, my kids watching this, they won't watch it after Christmas. If they do, we're supposed to go to the grand Canyon to go hiking and we're supposed to go skiing. Oh, yeah. Um, can't go skiing and I'll be hiking the grand Canyon in a walking boot if I'm able to walk by then. So, um, because two grown men can't get along on a nine year old baseball field. Um, all of these things occur in my life. And those guys will never know the effect of their action. Um, So it works negatively. It also works positively. You know, I mean, sometimes there are things that you do that, that affect people in ways that you never know. And if, and if all we're focused on is this little sphere of influence that we're able to see directly, um, you know, we look and we just go, well, doesn't really affect anybody anyway why would i even bother right but there is so many aspects of of the influence that we have in positive and negative ways um that the answer is certainly what you do matters and even when you don't think it matters it matters more than you think it does and the easy answer is because it's important to god and yeah that's true but the other true answer is it impacts people in ways that you could never even imagine yeah, and so even does. though you can't see it, even though you can't feel it, even though you can't detect it, just know um, 
that it does matter. It does make a difference. And sometimes those effects are long reaching and you may not ever know them. You might know them years later. Um, I want to go make it known to those guys. Say, hey, just so you know, you guys acting like little toddlers has really affected me in a severely negative way. <laughs> right. Yeah, no joke. But would that be the Christian thing to do? <laughs> would it? Have you, uh, you ever had somebody come back um, like way after the fact and tell you how something like influenced or um, affected them, something that you taught or something, an activity that you did or anything? I had a, a legitimately, I had a, um, sorry. I did. I actually had a I had a teenager one time. It was so random. I taught a class, felt like it was okay, didn't feel like it was a ballpark, you know, anything like hit it a home run. Uh whatsoever. Was a teen who kind of sometimes like seriously like drove me up a wall. Uh would say kind of like those rude comments to try to get you tilted, all that kind of stuff, you know. Um and later he texted me uh and he said uh, he said, "He said, man, that was a really good Bible class. That's what I really needed to hear tonight. He didn't say anything like to tilt me anything that night or, or any of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but he just, um, like, yeah, just texted me randomly. I was like, man, that was a really good Bible class. And then just recently, just recently, we had our Netsus Fall Days, Northeast Texas Summer Youth Series Fall Days at Shiloh Road. It was awesome. We had these really great t-shirts. It was a really great uh day i had a lot of fun sitting around eating a quesadilla with uh one of my teenagers with my all my teenagers we were eating lunch um and one of the like juniors we're talking about something and he's like well yeah and it's like what you said in bible class on sunday yada yada, yada. and just like listed off like part of the like yeah and my eyes like wait what and he's like yeah man we listen to what you say like it's good uh, you know, like one of those, and I was like, yeah, but you know, like you don't ever really like say that you're listening. I think it was like last Wednesday. So it was a Saturday and it was two Wednesdays ago that he was referencing. And I was like, whoa, that was a long, long time ago. Like, I can't believe. So I don't yeah, know. It was just crazy. I'll catch people sometimes that um, will like a couple of weeks later will in kind of like in a joke will reference something in, in a sermon. Um, and it'll, sometimes it's like an example and they'll say, Oh, kind of like doing this or this or this. And it's like, Oh <laughs> yeah, they were listening. They um, were listening. How weird. I actually had a really cool. So then <clears throat> a couple months ago, one of the guys that um, comes to church here, had sent me a message and he said, you know, I, uh, I have a friend who's struggling with uh, a pretty severe disease and he's really struggling with, um, you know, he feels like God has abandoned him and he really doesn't know what to do with his theology uh, because everyone around him is telling him that um, if his faith were strong enough, God would heal him, even though there's not really a cure for what he has. Um, and so that's why it's being kind of put into him. And you know, he hasn't really completely abandoned God, but he's really abandoned faith. And he said, how do I start a conversation with him? 
And we talked about that for a little bit. And then a, a few weeks ago, I started a series, a sermon series on doubt. And we started with John the Baptist, how John the Baptist is in prison. He's about to be beheaded. He's given his whole life to preparing the way for Jesus. And before his death, he sends a message to Jesus and he says, are you the one or should we look for someone else? Right. Right. So that just moment of, man, please tell me that I haven't given everything up for nothing, that I haven't wasted uh, my life and led all these people astray, pointing them towards you. Um, and, you know, my friend called me afterwards and he said, uh, I think you're the guy that needs to talk to my friend. He said, I sent him a link to your sermon on doubt this past week. And for the first time since he's contracted this disease, he actually said something positive about his faith in God um, and the path forward. Even though he's still pretty angry about it, he actually spoke about it in positive terms. Um, and this is a guy that I've never met. And I said, you know what's crazy, Mike, um, is I planned those sermons last Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't yeah. write them, but I laid out, you know, the path, you know, for for that. And I, I kicked around, kind of didn't really feel like it fit, didn't really feel like the time, but it was there. And so we went with it and I wrote it. Um, I said, God, you know, when you just surrender and let him work through you, you know, he will do things in lives of people that you may have never met, may have never come into contact with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's those little things that remind you for the good and for the bad. Like sometimes what you do really affects people in a negative way. And you may not ever see that, but it has an influence. And in the same way, the things you do can influence people for the good in ways that you may never see as well. Sure. Um, so, you know, the truth is, and we've talked about it several times, does what you do matter? Mm -hmm. um, it does matter. It does. It Quite does matter. And not only does it matter, it has value. Um, because I think that's two different questions, right? Does it matter? It does matter because, um, because well, because God said so. Right, uh, yeah. Because we, should, because we should be motivated about what it is to love and to serve and to glorify God over man and all things. Um, but it also has value because uh, there is an influence going on that, you may never see, um, but it does affect people in ways that we could never really imagine. And it's been one of those things that like, I've been wrestling with because, um, man, okay, so like consumerism. Consumerism is something that is devouring our nature, na our nature, our devouring our nation, and devouring our churches. It's mm -hmm. devouring us. You know, we go to church, and if something doesn't, we don't like something at church, we leave, right? Oh, wow, right. they did this, and so I'm going to leave. You know, that's our first nature. And, man, like, we need more <clears throat> preachers. We need more shepherds. We need more elders. When people say, oh, yeah, well, we used to go to this church, and now we're coming here to say, why'd you leave? Why did you feel like you couldn't um, work that out? Right. Well, can we meet with you and those elders and, and help kind of, you know, I don't know, that's, maybe that's overstepping, but, you know, since we're, you know, uh, autonomous, but, you know, but it's like that idea of, of like, why do you think that the church is there only to give to you? 
Mm-hmm. And like it's like we've forgotten that like it's our job to give to the church. It's our job to give to God. It's our job to serve God. It's, you know, it's, we always teach kids like, you know, hey, praying is not all about, hey, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, you know, and it's not about, hey, God, thank you for this. Now give me this. Thank you for that. Now give me this. Now thank you for this. Now give me that. Like it's, it's not, that's not the relationship that we have with God. And that's not the relationship we should have with the church. Um, And yet we live in this consumeristic. So I say that to say like, then I get to, you know, youth ministry and you know i can teach your teenagers and i strive to teach your teenagers but what are you teaching your teenagers at home mm-hmm. you know are you continuing these lessons are they moving in and so this this is this is where i wrestle with this question the most you know does what i do really matter because if it's not being reinforced at home or if parents aren't raising their children to be like Christ and putting God and Jesus first, like, is it really fair to say, oh, look at all these teenagers leaving youth ministry. It's the youth minister's fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I struggle with that. And I've like been like trying to break through this because I get tired of people like writing books and being like how your youth ministry is failing because your youth ministry is this. And I'm like, my youth ministry is not failing. It's doing pretty good, but it can only do so much because I only get your teenagers so much. I have a family. I have a God given right to be with my family and teach them about Mm-hmm. Jesus and about God and that comes straight from the Bible and I just like I guess I've just been focusing on Deuteronomy chapter 6 so much and all that and it's it's like parents you have to take responsibility for teaching your children's about Jesus and I challenge you if you have not sat down and told your teenagers ever about why you believe in Jesus and not well you know I just always have gone to church no Tell them your convicted reason on why you choose, you know, and maybe you need to think about that yourself. And so this question checks that box for me, for Aaron Partlow yeah, as the youth minister. Sure. Like, and so I try to do things that matter. And and I guess like what, what really grinds my gears is, <laughs> is like sometimes I think like, man, we don't do enough fun activities. Like we should play a game on Wednesday. And then I'm like, well, like I really want to play a game. But at the same time, like I really want to study the Bible because I don't know if they're going to read the Bible any other time throughout the week, you know. Uh, and then, you know, you get some people who, who kind of say, well, you know, they just need to have some fun. Have you ever thought about just playing a game with them or, or doing one of these fun events? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do a fun event. Have you ever thought about, I don't know, reading the Bible with your child at home? because <laughs> if you would do more of that i could do more fun stuff <laughs> it, it, and that's and that's the truth and, and that right. and that is like the straight up truth like and, and i think I, I and i know that sounds kind of crass and i'm not coming down on anybody and i don't have any there's this is not like anyone specifically that i'm thinking of that's that's not how this is going it's just processes that i go through because i am constantly I'm really constantly looking at like, okay, this month's coming up. This is what we normally do. This is what I'm putting on the calendar. Does this matter? Is this have worth, you know, kind of a substance kind of a thing? Or how am I going to get worth out of this? You know, Wednesday night's coming up. 
How am I going to challenge these teens, um, you know, in 45 minutes, you know, and, and push them to try to be more like Jesus uh, and those kind of things. And so I'm hoping that what I'm doing is what God's calling me to do and pushing me and wanting me to do. But I honestly ask this question to myself, does it, does it really matter? Because if it's not being reinforced at home, like, man, it's like, I don't know, some really great analogy where, you know, <laughs> like well, the analogy that I always think of is like, I'm like a vitamin, right? And if all you do to try to stay healthy and fit is take a vitamin, you're not going to be healthy and you're not going to be fit because it takes working out. It takes eating right. It takes being active. It takes all these other things that go into it. Uh, and so like I offer, I offer the vitamin, the booster, the extra goodness. But if parents and, and if it's not going on at home, if it's not a part of your life, and I guess this doesn't just go for youth ministry. This goes for in general. Like if you come yeah, to church absolutely. on Sunday morning and you're like, man, I just want to be changed. And then you go out Sunday afternoon and you just ride that waitress or waiter over the coals who's working on a Sunday, who you're having them serve you on a Sunday, you know, instead of going to a restaurant and saying, this is the day I'm going to serve the servers. You know, I've never heard of any religious leader doing that. Um, you know, who would serve people who are supposed to be serving them. Uh, (laughs) Said with as much sarcasm as possible. Said with as much sarcasm as possible, you know. Then how do you expect to be changed if, you know, if you're not changing, if you're not putting any active effort into it, you know. So what do you – so, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me me just – where's the soapbox? Let me get off of it. Yeah, no. I'll the let you get the a truth word is, in. the truth is, it does start at home. But but that's also true for for us as ministers, right? Because I think a lot of times as ministers, we it is so easy for us to say, "Hey, I do my work for the church. I do my work for the kids. I do my work for the families." And surely that will just kind of boil over into my house. And oh it will yeah, just boil over into my kids, oh, and they man. will see the work that we're doing. And because I'm Thanks, in the Josh. office every day, I'm on the phone every day, I'm over here. You you said you know you tried it, so I'm not putting you on blast, right? No, I feel it. I'm now. just this is I'm good just sermon. reminding people that we're here is um, it's so mm-hmm. easy for me to say, man, I do this every day, and my kids see this, and my wife sees this, and so they get enough of that. Yeah. Um, and you know they need they need me to pray with them in the morning before they go to school. Um, they need me to remind them, you know, at home in their daily life that you know wow. their main priority is to glorify God and all they do with their friends and their girlfriend or their boyfriend or their teachers and even at the house. Yeah. Um, they need to see their mother and me talking about those things together and praying over decisions that we have to make as a family. Yeah. Um, that that become a part of our home. And, and the truth is I tell our church every other week at least, like we're living in a world that's messed up, it's jacked up, and it is getting worse because it everything tends towards chaos. That here's the thing, church: you have the thing that cures all the problems the world you're living in has, um, but it has to start in your home. Yeah. Because if you go out and broadcast the transforming power of Jesus to the world, and they look and see no bit of transformation in you, um. 
Why are they going to want it? What, what do um, they say every time uh, on an airplane about the air, about the masks? Put it on yourself first. Put it on yourself first <laughs> before you put it on somebody else. You have to have this change within yourself before you're going to change anybody else. Yeah. And so and so it is easy wow. for, for me as a minister to get into this place that just says, you know what? I'm living mm-hmm. this life, but nobody else is really making any, any changes on their own. I can't be the only one that's putting this into people and people's lives. I don't even know if what I do really matters at all. And it's awesome. easy to get in that point of despair and just say, oh, let's just be fun like everybody else. I used to make fun of Elijah so much, <laughs> right? Like, man, there are so many times when like, I would read Bible studies when I was younger, and I'd be like, he is such a crybaby. He <laughs> oh, just performed this big miracle, and I'm the only one who believes. And now, as an adult in ministry, I'm like, man, pfft, I, I hear it. you. <laughs> I, there is nobody. There is nobody who is faithful, and yet there are so many many people so even like hearing that statement and going yeah oh you know after you verbalize that like you know um yeah like sitting there and 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 thinking because i've been in that spot where i go where i go man i'm doing all this work but nobody's doing anything and then like saying it out loud i'm just like that's Hmm. probably that's (laughs) probably not true like there's there's probably people who are actually doing a lot more than i'm doing it's not just that it's not the right attitude to have. It's probably that it's really not true. I'm just really self-involved it's, right now. Yes, and, <laughs> very much. Wow. Um, That's well, crazy. This has been a really good podcast for me. I'm sorry that nobody else got anything out of it, but um, it's been really good for me. I think I think the behind the beards moment, unless you have anything else. Is, I literally have nothing else to give. Is, is just simply this. And I'm going to look at all of you who are listening in the eyes or watching in the eyes and who are listening in the ears and just say this, what you do matters. Yeah. Um, what you do matters. Not only does it matter uh, to God because he is our creator and our redeemer and our Lord and our King, um, but it matters to the people who are in your life. It matters even to those people who are on the fringes of your life. Mm-hmm. And just like the ripples of a stone in a, in a pond, you know, move out and eventually reach the shore. Uh, the things you do matter to people in ways that you may never see or comprehend. So um, this goes right in line uh, with what we leave you with every day. And I'll, I'll leave it to you with that because what you do matters, what you do matters. And we want to thank you for being here today because it matters to us. It matters to us that you guys uh, watch the show. It matters to us that you send us emails, that you leave us comments, that you interact with chat or even that just like a random stranger walked up to me one day and went like, hey, I like your podcast. It's pretty nice. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we want to thank you guys for being here today. We also want to remind you of this. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing good. This world is messy. This life is messy. So allow Christ to do you something different. To use you to do something different. Something good in his name. I'm Aaron. And this is Josh. And we'll see you next week. I'm behind the beards. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for beard.